welcome to AFL by Dummies, the only show where we will openly admit that the World Cup is far more interesting than any AFL we could talk about from the weekend. But unfortunately, we have an obligation to provide you all with AFL content that has to be somewhat meaningful. Doesn't have to be entirely meaningful, right, Crazer? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The World uh, Cup has been good, actually. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I've taken that much in- that much interest in it. But we will move away from that. What was your highlight for the week, if you can pick out a highlight? Well, I think there was a clear one. Charlie Curnow. Yeah. Um, absolute ma- amazing game in a team that hasn't been doing well. They came out this week, and I think I heard it being called, they're throwing sandbags on the game. And he just stood up, and the, their tactic was... Uh, give him the 50 and it was old school football and he played amazingly it was the, that Jezelinko mark on the wing that didn't even get picked for goal of the week uh, for mark of the week was incredible well it's so good that he signed as well like yeah. it's it's just been a great week for Charlie Kernow and the Carlson Football Club I know they lost yesterday but like I mean they're gonna have that man till I think it was 2023 yeah it's a five-year deal yeah, yeah. Which is just great because they need to be able to lock in um, superstars or well, future superstars like him yeah. to that club to ensure they have a future. Cripps is the next one I'd yeah, like to yeah, see yeah. on a long term contract. Yeah, I think he, him and Cripps will be the the two uh, like Hodgson Mitchell types that they build their club around. Well, uh, Doherty as well as the other yeah, one Doherty. that uh, unfortunately we haven't seen much of this year, and hopefully Murphy hangs around. Although mm-hmm. I wouldn't blame Murphy if he left. Obviously, I. You know, bookended the show last week. My highlight for this week has to be that the buy rounds are over. They're done, everyone. We're through. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully you all made it through in one piece. And now we can progress to the second half of the season, which gets very interesting because I don't know about you. I can't pick the final eight. No, I can pick six teams and I think there might be two changes. There could be zero you, you don't know, and the old one-week-at-a-time cliche come, comes into thought right now. Yeah, exactly. For most teams. Well, the fact that there's two top four teams from last year sitting dangerously outside the yeah, eight. Yeah. Like, they're not playing well at the moment, but if they switched on, mm-hmm. they could still make the eight, and yeah. it just makes for one thrilling finale well, to what's been yeah. an otherwise average season, I would say, so far. Mm-hmm. And that's from my unbiased Richmond view. <laughs> See, I can do it. Anyways, what have you got for us, Crazer? So, uh, clearly it's been a dull week in football. So I had to look at the world game um, and draw some parallels between the World Cup and the AFL right now. So I've created like a, a little list of similarities. So I'd say start with Cristiano Ronaldo, best player at the World Cup at the moment, missed a penalty last night. Yep. Yeah. Um, I would say that he's pretty pretty much the Buddy Franklin of the World Cup right now. And him missing a penalty is almost as bad as Buddy's grand final record. Um, and they even both dive as much as a dolphin at SeaWorld. So yeah. it's pretty, pretty much a similar path both in the back end of their careers as well as but well, still yeah, yeah, elitely yeah. fit yeah yeah i don't um, think elitely is a word but we'll use it we'll use it um and then messi is obviously gary abler jr both getting old but at times showing brilliance but unless they're wearing specific colors they can't play <laughs> messi is not great in argentina has not had a great record and if only gary abler would tax evade maybe he'd be a better player yeah, right 
Fair enough. I argue Gary Abbott was a good player in the Gold Coast Colours, though. Yeah, he was all right. He just about won a Brownlow. He just got injured. No, he did win a Brownlow at Gold Coast. He almost took him to a final series, but did his shoulder. Yeah. Um, but I don't. if you asked him, I don't think it was a successful move. No. Um, next, R- Russia is clearly Essendon because there is a lot of injecting going on in both camps. <laughs> injecting of enthusiasm, that is. Oh, yeah, obviously yeah. enthusiasm, yeah. yeah. Iceland is like Gold Coast, um, but the booper better version of themselves. Yeah. Um, I, I, I personally, I think a country of 330,000 would probably keep Gold Coast goalless in the last quarter if they played. Um, <laughs> Most things can keep Gold yeah. Coast goalless. <laughs> I would say that the goal uh, that the Socceroos are like the Melbourne Demons um, lately, better than expected, but no one really watches them with any confidence, and they'll probably both miss out on finals because of percentage. Yeah, despite um, having high hopes. Despite having high hopes, <laughs> every every year. Robbie Cruz is the Jack Watts or of the World Cup. Ultimate whipping boys. But all in all, do you think Port would give the Socceroos uh, Watts for him to have a go? He's the number one draft pick, so he's got huge potential oh, yeah. if he switched codes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the skills are transferable between both, obviously. Yeah, clearly. Absolutely clearly. Oh, it's, uh, it's been a good World Cup. It's been a it's it's a refreshing to have something else to watch during the bye rounds. Well, they sure. timed it well. I'll say that. I'm yeah. so glad that the AFL and UEFA, oh, sorry, FIFA, are like in communication with each <laughs> yeah, other. Clearly, the AFL was like, "Can you do us a favour? Can you, you know, set it during you know our bye rounds? We lose a bit yeah, of interest." They're then. in a they're in a WhatsApp group together. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in constant communication with each other. Um, okay, okay, Chuck, what's your stat this week? So I'm going to talk about the Melbourne Port. Adelaide game just quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so Port Adelaide won this by 10 points and both teams had 20 scoring shots. For So from just looking at at it plainly like that, it looked like it was a pretty even game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you need to delve into the statistics. Yeah, I, I've, I have a feeling I know where this is going. The statistics just don't really line up with the end results, mm-hmm. some may say. So I'm just going to throw a few at uh, of these at you guys. So Melbourne had 30 more inside 50s. It was 69 to 39 inside 50s for the game. <laughs> okay. Uh, they had f- over 15 more clearances, so it was yep. 54 to 38, Plus so 16, 16 more. Yeah. And they won the contested possessions. Yeah, they, they always do every week. Yeah, because yeah. that's what Melbourne bases yep. their lineup on. So that one's not so bad, but... 69 or 39 inside yeah. 50s. If you yeah, if you watch the game, you'd, you'd see why. Um, they lost, um, but there were two camps that I saw. So one was that they they kept blasting it in 50, obviously, with no regard for where anyone is in the team. That's what those stats tell you, I assume. Yep. Yeah. Um, and if you watch the game, it's much, much clearer. Um, but the positive side for it is if they fix that up, they beat Port Adelaide uh, convincingly, they'll beat most sides convincingly, and... It, then it, I think it still comes back to like the psychological element of a big team on a big stage. You know, if they if they somehow fix that up, uh, I, they won't they won't drop out of the eight. They might make top four, but if they don't fix that, any they could go for a free fall. Well, they've got a good forward line as well. They've got a lot of good small forwards, yeah. but unfortunately Hogan, Hogan has and Tom well, well yeah. Hogan and Tom McDonald were just yeah. taken out. They yeah, had yeah, yeah. no impact on the game. Tom, Tom McDonald's been playing. 
Yeah, he's well one of the lately. most improved players this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they look a much, much better side of him in the team. It, I think it's 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 Hogan's. Hogan's just like woefully out of form for the last fortnight at least. I think yeah. if you take both of them out of the game, they become a pretty uh, null and void forward line, really. Yeah, um, yeah, but that's that's the same. We looked at that at West Coast as well. Uh, their their two gun tools didn't play, and their forward line was non-existent. Like obvious, obviously, that's the that well. That's the case one of the things. advantages. It seems like Collingwood and Richmond. I can't believe I'm throwing Collingwood around like this. Oh but God. Collingwood and Richmond seem to be able to, sc- and Sydney as yeah, well, yeah, seem to be able to score when their big targets up forward don't, don't play as don't well. Fire. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. their I smaller guys can take marks and they're. They're dangerous no matter what the yeah, circumstances. That, that's always been the philosophy of like a lot of teams. And even in AFL commentary, like in the media, there's always been this conspiracy going around that if you have, if you base your team off multiple tall forwards, you will get to a grand final, but you'll never, you'll never su- like succeed the ultimate success unless you have like a Hawthorne team um, where you've got everyone else around them. But uh, it's I can't even performers. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't even think of the last time a final series was dominated by a tall forward. Like not a Jack Rewald didn't dominate in the finals. It was an all round performance. But again, I just mentioned Buddy's grand final record is not great. Um, the only final that I can remember him playing well was for Hawthorne, where he kicked that winner from fifty five. Yeah. Um, with tw- 10 seconds left or whatever, but that's it. So uh, it's, yeah, it's. I think it's a it's a tall person problem. Well, grand finals are usually low scoring. Anyway, um, yeah. So a lot of it's not going to be high scoring mm. from the big four. Yeah. So it's hard to dominate a game. Anyways, on the weekend after the Hawthorne Gold Coast game, obviously the coaches do their mm-hmm. press conferences and then the AFL.com.au uh, takes like, they do their video recording of the press conference, yep. obviously, but when they put it um, on the site, they put a quote with it just to yep. you know, get you interested. And I've never been so happy with both the quotes. For uh, Hawthorne, Alistair Clarkson said, it was hardly entertaining. <laughs> Is any game against Gold Coast ever entertaining? <laughs> like, that's hardly groundbreaking news. Like, aside from last see. round when they somehow lost to St Kilda, yeah. in which wasn't an entertaining game for the, until the last five minutes mm-hmm. or so, like, their last month, so they played Hawthorne on the weekend, lost by 53, lost by 108 to GWS, lost by 85 to the Cats, lost by 40 to the Power in China, and 69 to the Demons. Like, are any of those games entertaining? No. But thanks for telling us any, anyway, uh, Clarko. Clarko's great. I feel like that could be on a movie poster. If if in the unfortunate circumstance that this game was turned into a movie, this would be in like a little corner. Yeah. It'd be like, <laughs> this it was hardly, hardly entered- entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I was pretty happy with that from him. But it gets better. Stuart Jews won. Okay. So his was, we ran the game out. <laughs> So, I was waiting for this. I thought someone would mention it today. So, admittedly, right, in the last four weeks, they've kicked two behinds in the last quarters, right? Yes. Which is unacceptable. Yeah. Now, this week, they kicked two goals, four, 16, mm-hmm. right? Hawthorne kicked five goals, five, 35. Doesn't matter. So, like, yes, technically, you did better than you were last week, but you didn't run the game out. If that quarter happened three times, 
you would have lost 140 to 64. That's a 76-point loss. You can't say we ran the game out when it's clearly, you know, you can't be happy with losing on an average by 76 points. Hey, hey, hey. silver lining. Two behinds in four weeks, two goals for 16. That's a, what is that, an 800% increase in a quarter of the amount of time. Yes. Admittedly, that is a large increase, but you can't be happy if it's still terrible, right? Uh, yes, I'm aware it's an improvement, but it's like me saying, oh, I'm pretty impressed I got out of bed at midday today. <laughs> it's much better than 3 p.m. yesterday. It's like, yes, it's an improvement, but you're still abysmal. <laughs> it's, no like, it's like me saying I'm good at radio. Yes, when Alex is hosting, of course I look like I'm good at radio, but am I really good at radio? No, I'm hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't um, just come out here and say fine. we ran the game out when you lost the last quarter by 19 points. That is still miserable. <laughs> How can you be happy with that? I'm willing to admit it's an improvement, but I'm not willing to take it as a... You should say we ran the game out better. Maybe he did say that and like the AFL just quoted it perfectly. If that's the case, I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, not happy at all. Uh you know, you have to have... I've seen more realism from Brent Bolton. <laughs> and that's well, saying something. They, they stopped with Brent Bolton after last week. Oh, they brought out they brought out Sauce for, after they got wrecked by Fremantle. So yeah. uh, even, even, even Carlton have to agree with you on that one. Exactly. Uh, Anyways, what have you got for us, Cruiser? So on the same topic, we'll talk about the, the teams in the lower rung of the ladder. Yeah, so we all know that it'll be Carlton, Brisbane, Gold Coast, bottom three, probably. Maybe Western Bulldogs. St Kilda. St Kilda, those five teams. Because doesn't Gold Coast have like three or four wins? Uh, Gold Coast have three wins, yeah. yeah. They got three wins when they when they lost Metricon. But, so it's coming down to draft picks um, real soon. And next year's draft is apparently, again, I feel like I hear this every year. I'll take their word for it. It's a dream draft, like 2001, but we'll, we'll leave that aside anyway. Um, but the thing that's going around the media is that there there probably be five to ten players that all could be number one, depending on which team gets there. So I think I think it was Jimmy Bartell brought it up at the end of the game against the, the Carlton-Collingwood game last week, is that if Carlton do end up getting the number one draft pick, what they could do is get rid of that draft pick or trade it in to get two inside the top ten or two inside the first round rather than uh, have just have one because their next pick is obviously much, much later. I wanted to know your thoughts on whether that's a good idea, What do you, if does that apply to Carlton or the other teams as well? Okay, so obviously I don't know much about all the young talent going no, around no, at I, the moment. I um, just found the... Of some some journalists' top ten prospects, I've got them here. Um, there's there's uh, again lots of tall forwards, lots of big body midfielders. Well, from what I've heard, so I know they talked about it on Access All Areas mm-hmm. on Monday. Um, from what I heard of it, there is a lot of different kind of players in this draft. Okay, so it's not like you need. 
like it's not like you need the number one draft pick because not only is there is a lot of people that could be that number one, mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of different number players. So each club will obviously have a different desire. Yep. Some teams might like Richmond will probably want another big forward. Yes. Um, or a Ruckman mm-hmm. because we're kind of short in that. So yep. if we wanted one of those, there would be one there. So you wouldn't exactly need a top six. You wouldn't need the top one or two pick yep. as desperately because there is a variety of what everyone wants. If there was only, say, one tall forward and one key defender, then it obviously becomes more valuable because yep. everyone wants that player. But from what I can see, like, there is a variety of people. So if Carlton were to trade that number one pick, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. I know they've been talking about the number one draft pick is probably going to be um, a guy from Adelaide. So yep. Carlton Jack, could Jack tra- Lacoucius, yep. tall, tall forward from the Woodward West Tyrants, says here. That's another interesting issue you bring up is the go-home factor. Yeah, so Carlton could trade with Adelaide and mm-hmm. try and get their picks. I know they've got a few picks this year because um, mm-hmm. of giving up Lever. Lever. Yeah. Yep. Uh, not Cameron, though. Just the picks yeah, from yeah. Lever, I'm pretty yep. sure. So... And obviously they're falling down the ladder a bit, Adelaide, so they'll have another early round pick. Mm -hmm. So, yes, they could. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not entirely the expert on what to do with uh, draft picks. But, yeah, it sounds like a good idea in theory. I I don't know how it works. Like I was reading the other day that there was something about the father-son rule and um, Billy Brown, this this kid, just played in the Tat Cup exhibition match in the, the big metro they kicked this country. incredible goal yep. the snap from the uh, boundary he comes into question because of the father son for Geelong so there are there are like bigger questions I don't really know how the father son bidding works in terms of compensation picks and um and the like yeah um but no. in terms of Carlton if I was Carlton I would do this straight away Imagine getting a, a support for Charlie Kerno up forward and a support for Paddy Cripps in the midfield. Well, they'd be giving up Lucutius. Yeah, they'd be giving up Lucutius, but they'd get, a, they'd get another tall forward like a Ben King. And then they could also get the, the uh, Sam Walsh and the Geelong Falcons if they do end up getting another pick. But the, this sounds like a smart idea, and I think it will be happening regular, regular, more regularly than not because year after year the draft keeps getting better and players they know how to develop young, younger talent except for at Carlton. Yeah. No, I think no 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 you're in right. the in the in the other clubs in like the the under 18s yep. program. Well, I know every year they talk about how good the draft is going to be yep, and it's yep. going to be the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. and then you end up getting someone like Jacob Weedering who flops. Uh, um, I think he's he's all right. He was he was very good until he got injured. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, and look at Cameron. Camerino is solid. Like you don't even think he's a first-year player. You just assume he's been playing hundred games already. Callum Mills, same thing. Um, so you just have to wait and see. Yeah, there's always going to be people who do well and people who yeah. do not so well. But yes, I think Carlton need quantity um, at the moment in yeah. young talent, and then they'll have a whole bunch of people come through at once. And you never know; they might make something of it. Mm-hmm. Um, We'll keep our hopes in check for now, though. <laughs> I do actually hope Carlson gets better at some point, though. Uh, I, I, always, I always would love. I would love the dream season where 18 teams have an equal, like the most equal chance to get into the finals, and it truly is a one-week-at-a-time comp because lately this season is a team of th- a comp of 13. Yeah. Well, the, well, I'm not going to get into it, but I think one of the problems is we have 18 teams in the league and only eight make finals. Yeah. So there's so many that don't make finals that some of them are eliminated early 
early in the season. Anyways, Chrisa. There was the Carlton Collingwood game this week. Um, and on the ABC commentary on the radio, special comments was done by none other than Mick Malthouse. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Um, so at times it was a bit awkward. Mick, especially Dale Thomas, when he was going into Mason Cox at halftime. Uh, so I've created a list of things less awkward than Mick having to commentate the Carlton Collingwood game yep. on ABC. Um, number one is finding out that your intelligent, respectable, significant other watches Love Island and is emotionally invested in the contest. <laughs> <laughs> less awkward than Mick Mulhouse. That, that's a tough conversation to have. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, number two is going in for the fist bump and then realising a fraction too late that you and the person you are saying goodbye to are too old to fist bump but by then it's too late and now everyone in Churston just watched two grown men fist bump goodbye and then you finally realise why your significant other calls you emotionally cold <laughs> very detailed Yeah, I tell you what it's pretty bad um, when like you're saying goodbye to someone, one of you goes for like the high five and the other one goes for like the handshake, like the sweeping the down The sweep hand. handshake, yeah. yeah. And it's just like a really bad connection. You just look at each other and you just vow to never talk again. <laughs> it's a rest period of 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, number three, walking into a street pole right when Google Maps takes its photo with the car <laughs> and now for infinite time you've been recorded of walking into that pole. <laughs> Do you know anyone that's happened to? No, um, I don't, but I'm sure there have been someone who that has happened to. Yep. Um, now, this one, dry, number four, is driving the... Uh, no, during the slow-mo of the Ozkick Kids, Channel 7, playing a Michael Jackson song, which actually happened. Um, that's super unfortunate. Yeah, that's very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, number five is <laughs> when you go to the drive-thru at 1am and the person working there gives you, oh, it's the just you face. Um, oh, no. Yeah, that's super awkward. <laughs> oh, no. And, like, especially because you can't remember being there before. No. Nah. So they're the top five things that are less awkward than Mick Malthouse uh, commentating the Collingwood Carlton game. He was put in a very hard position. He was. I mean, that's what you sign up for, though, as a special comments. What a job, though, special comments. Yeah. Oh, so easy. Like, it's the dream. Do, it's the dream. Do you think we could have a special comments person? Uh, I think they'd be too brutally honest, though. There's, like, yeah. so much you can say that would just, like... Oh, it, it would delve into, like, the, the, the deep tactics of our... and structure of our show and just, na- like, nail it to pieces. Yeah. And it'd all come back to, well, if they prepared earlier... <laughs> <laughs> well, if they had a sense of professionalism... They would be a much better <laughs> show. Exactly. Anyways, uh... uh I'm going to move on from that self-deprecating uh, humour of ours there, if you could call it humour. Anyways, <laughs> Sean Higgins. Yeah. He just has to be talked about. We haven't really talked about him no. this year. We've mentioned him in passing, but mm-hmm. it's time he gets the credit he deserves because yep. you hear, like, everyone talks about your Crips, your Trelaws, mm-hmm. all of the like, your Dusties, your Cochins, but not enough people talk about Sean Higgins because he plays for North Melbourne. It's that simple. I'm going to read you his stats, right, and they don't sound... The greatest, but he is in contention for the Brownlow. So he averages 5.3 clearances, sorry, Uh, 14.5 kicks, 10 contested possessions, and six inside 50s a game. Solid. So they're very solid. They're like of a A A-grade midfielder, right? 
Yeah, yeah, of course. But this is elite. This is why he's good. He can play inside and out. So yeah. he's obviously having a lot of contested possessions there, but also a lot of kicks. Mm-hmm. And he, he floats in between playing this hard, in the centre of the ground, really clean yeah. player, to high half-forward flank. And he he is the player that North Melbourne wants kicking inside 50 because yeah. he's an elite, elite kick. kick. Yeah, 100%, 100%. If you had elite kicks in the AFL, he would be in it. Yeah. And everything he has his hands in, it turns to gold. He was part of that goal on the weekend that won them the game. He put in two massive, Ma- mm-hmm. massive efforts yeah. that allowed the goal to happen. Mm-hmm. And he always makes the right decision. Yeah. He's going at 71% disposal efficiency, which is better than Tom Mitchell. Yeah, that's... Um, just to throw it out there. And it's not as good as, as some of the other outside mids in the competition, but given how much inside mid he also plays, like, he's their X factor. He's yeah. the reason this North Melbourne side... Sure, a lot of other players have stepped up and had better years, but if Sean Higgins doesn't have a good game, they miss a lot. Yeah. Because he is so creative with what he does with the ball. He's not your average, oh, I'll take the safe option. He goes for the option that's best, and it might be risky, but he's so skillful and he pulls it off. And he, he's just very impactful. Yeah. That's the big, best way to describe him. The stats don't do him justice. No. He's, um, he's a huge... And he's 30. I just looked. He's 30 years old. Yep. I was going to say that. This wow. is his best season, and he's at 30. Uh, when he came to wow. North Melbourne, everyone was talking about, well, it's stupid because he's spent half of his career injured. Why would you recruit someone like that? Tell you what, North Melbourne's laughing at everyone now because it's been a great pickup for them just to throw that on top. So he's playing set inside mid with 10.3 contested possessions, but he's also involved in all these scores. He launches it inside 50 a lot. It's a big kick, yeah. He does everything for this team. Wow, he's huge. And I'm just looking now, he was the same draft as Pendles, Mark Murphy and Dale Thomas. That's... And you look, they're all slightly going backwards in their career at the moment. Yeah, except Still maybe, all good players. Yeah, even Pendlebury's going backwards a bit, yeah. slowing down. And so I had a look at a Brownlow medal predictor. Yeah. Sean Higgins is second. He's at 15 votes, which is behind <laughs> Patrick Cripps at 16. He is one vote off the lead. <laughs> and they have him at $13. Ooh. Like, he is... He is a jet, and he simply does not get enough credit. So I thought I would use this to show you all yeah. that, I mean, he's one of the better players in the league at the moment. Yeah, he is. Uh, I would. Uh, that's a super interesting stat to hear. It's it's uh, tough to think about because I would love him in my team. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone would love him in his team. In their team, sorry. However, he has one shortfall, mm-hmm. which, you know, angers me a little bit. He okay. only averages uh, averages 0.71% as a game, which is just <laughs> a little bit of a downfall on uh, what I'd really want from him. But, you know what, I'll live with it considering how good he's been outside of that. So uh, kudos to you, uh, Sean Higgins, and keep it up because you're playing really well and that North Melbourne side owes you a lot. Yeah. Now, Crazer, mm-hmm. I've got some bad news. And right. I've already alluded to it in this show, but Collingwood's in the top four. <laughs> yep. Actually, fun fact before I start, I, I saw someone posted what they predicted would be the end of season ladder. Mm-hmm. They Collingwood fourth, Richmond first. Imagine that final. Yeah, the qualifying final of the G, 93,000 probably. No, it'll be full. Full? It'll be full. Oh, that would be insane. Like, uh, I would try and get tickets school. to that, and I probably couldn't. Yeah, that would be an old-school final. Yeah, it's great. It. 
We haven't had one of those in years. Yeah, and then the other final they had was Hawthorne Geelong. As a pr- uh, as, as a, a elimination as an elimination oh. final. <laughs> Imagine that first round. Yeah, that would be insane. Oh, I can't wait for finals. This is, this is too much. Too much. Yeah, <laughs> too well, much sizzle. We're, there's still eight or nine weeks before yeah, yeah. we get there. So, uh, you know, we'll we will wait mm-hmm. and hope. Anyways, Collingwood's top four, and that's just flat out scary. Mm-hmm. That's just the simplest way of putting it. Yeah. Um. So obviously the best way to, you know, make yourself feel better about yourself mm-hmm. is to create a list of yeah. things that are less scary. <laughs> Actually, I don't think that helps. Anyways, we're going to yeah, move yeah. on. We're going to create a list of things that are less scary than having Collingwood in the top four. Yeah. Because imagine if Collingwood's in top four. You have, they just become Richmond fans, <laughs> except they're Collingwood fans. <laughs> you know, which I argue is worse. Maybe I'm biased in this one. Yeah. But everyone hated Collingwood fans when Richmond was bad as well. Yeah. So therefore Collingwood fans must obviously be worse. Yeah. So we can't have them being like Richmond fans. So what could be less worse? Okay. Uh North Korea and America seeing eye to eye. <laughs> or not seeing eye to eye. Depending Both, on which way yeah, you look at it. You can't be at either end of the spectrum. <laughs> you have to be in the middle where they're just not really interested in each other. <laughs> That's probably the best. Uh this show being live to air. <laughs> <laughs> or That's... on iTunes or anywhere. <laughs> this show being in the world. <laughs> this show being recorded. Uh, like, that's, that's so less un- scary. Like, the fact that we're able to get on air <laughs> is unbelievable. Um, next one the thought that the ozone layer is only three millimeters thick. <laughs> it is three millimeters between total destruction, essentially. I laugh because I don't know what it's supposed to be, but I assume it's low. No, no. Well, it's actually meant to only be about okay. that. Okay, it's, that's that's reassuring. Um, but like, great. That's kind of not great. Not, not great. great. <laughs> um, the last one is a uh, obviously very scary prospect. Uh, Alex coming back and uh, being host with us again. <laughs> that's the second time this year. I know. It's almost like he's coming back soon, and I have to like squeeze in all my jabs at him. Right now, just before just yep. just before he comes back. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and I actually asked my brother for just a suggestion on this, and he said, um, oh, obviously being stuck on an island with you. <laughs> and I was like, Shots. wow. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. So I thought I may as well uh, get my brother in there, so thanks for that demo. <laughs> uh, thanks for being the kind brother you've always been. But no, it's a very scary world we're living in at the moment, Crazer. Oh, it's super scary. Carlton, oh, not Carlton, sorry, Collingwood and Richmond are in the top four. Yeah, it's uh, it's a dark, it's a dark day in, in, in sport. I would say if Collingwood get higher than fourth or in the top two, it'll be the darkest day in Australian sport. Darker than their Essendon saga. Darker than yeah. cricket scandal. Yeah, darker sandpaper. Than, than sandpaper. And uh, it's going to be darker than the Socceroos not making it. Oh, well, that one's still yet to be uh, yeah. decided upon, but yes, it looks <laughs> likely. But no, I'm, I, it would only be worth it yeah. if it was a Richmond-Collingwood final and I got to like watch Richmond smash Collingwood in the first oh, week of finals. Oh, it'd be great, it'd be great. Absolutely great. If we watched another dominant performance like that and just to show Collingwood... They're there. You you're there, but you're not. There. You're not really in the mix. It'd yeah. be great. Great to see. Great to Good see. Good season. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> what have you got for us, Cruiser? So I've got a little mini debate that um, we're going to do 
um, unless we're on the same side. But I'll play devil's advocate yeah. if need be. Um, but I, I'm not actually entirely sure which side I want to be on. So we all saw last week Jeremy Cameron absolutely poleaxed Harris Andrews, caused Harris Andrews to miss out on the game, not only miss out on the game through concussion, had stitches on his chin, then they didn't take him to hospital. This was the timeline. Didn't take him to hospital. They shook hands after the game, had a chat. Then he came home, and while at home, started vomiting, and then they, they got scared and sent him to hospital. They then found out that he had minor b- bleeding on the brain. Yeah. Which is dark. And I should have put that in my list. Yeah. <laughs> he should. Uh, so he went straight to the tribunal. They're going to find out today. Now, I wanted to get your take. How many weeks do you think he'll get? Four or five. Yeah, I think f- I think five will be correct. He has um, his elbow up. That's yeah. the problem. The, uh, there's no problem yeah. with going hard at the ball, but he went hard at the ball yeah. and then raised his elbow and caught him on yeah. the chin. Ma- Matthew Lloyd said it perfectly then. Ben Brown doesn't... When Ben Brown goes for a jump and a mark, and even Charlie Curnow last week goes for a jump and a mark, he doesn't go for out forearm first yep. to protect himself. And I think that's where he got in trouble. Now, I heard Eddie Maguire defend Jeremy Cameron... Pretend, but pretending to be the lawyer, um, and that didn't really give me any confidence in it. But the question I wanted to ask you is: obviously, the World Cup's on, and I feel like this comes up every time there's a big soccer match, every time Australia is playing in the World Game, whether there should be a red card in AFL. What's your takeaway on that? Before I go, <laughs> well, in from a joking sense, like yeah. The fans already hate the umpires yeah. enough. May as well not give them another that's, avenue that's to get the, upset. That's this. That's genuinely what the AFL's well, problem. But like. it's also another thing that the umpire has so much on their plate. Yeah. Um, like AFL is just one of the toughest sports to umpire in the mm-hmm. world because there's so much um, perspective. So much, so many variables. So much interpretation. Yeah, interpretation. Yeah. Sorry, is the word I was looking for. Um, so they've already got a million things on their mind, mm-hmm. and. Like, you see, like, how angry people get when a player is reported when they really shouldn't have been reported. Yeah. Um, I think it was Sean Burgoyne a few weeks ago. It was a Hawthorne player um, a few weeks ago got reported for something that they really shouldn't have been reported for, and it just got dismissed straight away. But imagine if you sent someone off yep. for that. Um, it's the sort of thing where you can... Tr- well, I know it's used in grassroots footy, but you could mm-hmm. trial it in, say, the VFL. Yeah. Um, if you really wanted and see how it goes with the umpires. But I don't think this is a decision for the general public to make. It has to be a decision of the AFL and the umpires. Uh, umpires. Because, I yeah. mean, it's already so tough being an umpire yeah. as it is. I, I could see it working and not working. It depends. In the AFL at the moment, we don't have anyone deliberately go out and injure anyone. No, um, we haven't since Tom Bug and even Tom Bug is the isolated incident across the last four, five, four years since um, it, even Tom was it? It was Tom Jones. No, it was it was someone else for Port Adelaide, um, who knocked out the West Coast player. But even that wasn't considered in like an out and out. No one goes out of their way to injure, injure people, people unless. Yeah. Whereas you see in say soccer. Like, you don't deliberately injure someone, but you deliberately, like, no, when, tackle when, when someone. Sergio, yeah, when Sergio Ramos dives in for a slide tackle, he's he's, he's out for blood. Yeah. And he, like, even Kevin, Kevin Musk, like, even the, the famous Kevin Musket incident, like, he was he was not looking for the ball. And that doesn't happen as much in footy, I can agree with. But there, there's got to be a system in place to stop 
stop this from like stop the disadvantage from happening. I think, but I don't know how it would work. Now the the argument that came into that everyone's had was that they lost their best key defender. They're a man down on the bench, and it would happen in the first quarter. If that happened in a grand final. Yeah, because it was un- it, it's irrelevant whether it was unintentional or whatever. If that happened in a grand, a grand final, he would get, okay, five weeks, double, ten weeks, because in a grand final, all uh, results are doubled, all findings are doubled. So if you get one week in a grand final, it becomes two. So he would miss the first ten games of next year. Doesn't matter. If, if, that was, if that was Buddy Franklin and Rance in the Richmond-Sydney grand final and Rance goes down concussed out of the game buddy then kicks five he misses the next game 10 games of the year after but they still win a premiership doesn't like yeah that's the scenario that i'm thinking of if there's a way to get bring in the red card for the and you train umpires to pick only the most malice of like acts so the tom bugs and this and maybe not even Lindsay Thomas, maybe Lindsay Thomas, depending. But oh, I would, I would probably, I would have sent him off. Um, but it, uh, again, that that becomes the issue, right? It's a tough one. Yeah, I, I'm of the opinion of no. Mm-hmm. But then I would hate for something tough to happen in a grand final for it to be resolved. resolved yeah. But if the AFL is anything to go off with the LED lights, yeah. uh, they're not proactive yeah. they're quite reactive so i don't think we'd see a change like that unless something bobbed up and this isn't one of the cases no. where yeah. you say we definitely need it um yeah. it's very unfortunate for harris andrews um yeah. don't think brisbane would have won anyway but i don't know it's a very interesting debate and i'm kind of in the middle i'm probably more towards no but it's yeah i i i, I can see like a dream outcome where the umpires know how to fix it. They know they know when to, but I don't trust the umpires for some reason. Yeah. Uh, uh, as someone that's umpired, I will take offence to that. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a soccer umpire as well. Like the, uh, I still don't trust the AFL system because the umpire, the umpiring is so difficult. Now, Chuck, Chris, I don't know. Uh, if you saw this, but on Saturday, 3 p.m., the Adelaide Football Club had a press conference um, and answered all questions, uh, that's in quotation marks, about that camp that caused all of the Crows' problems. It was deliberately put at, like, 3 p.m., though, you know, so that they could hide it behind Hawthorne Gold Coast. (laughs) I don't know about you, but as I said earlier, that wasn't particularly entertaining I would have been like, if I knew that was on at the same time, I definitely would have watched that over a Hawthorne Gold Coast. So, like, Adelaide, if you're going to hide it behind any clash, hide it behind a clash of importance. Uh, so, so true. Clearly, they answered all the questions the same way your year 10 science teacher covers all the content, except specifically what goes on in the exam. Um, that's not projecting in the slightest. Um, but the fact that Brett Burton didn't answer every question from a press conference his club organised is such a mismatch, mismatch of messages that Fab Five is now helping straighten them out, which is saying something when you need five overtly gay guys to help you get a straight at anything. <laughs> Seriously, Burton literally went from saying we want to demystify the camp to saying we are not going into the details of, of the camp. The responses were next to each other. It was one question after another. It wasn't at the start and then at the end of the conference. They were the questions 
next to each other. These responses were, my two-year-old cousin can hide herself better than Adelaide can hide their opposing messages. This is uh, unacceptable. Now, I'm only a marketing student, but when Roy Sloan says the Collective Minds program made him a better son, husband and teammate, but then less than a week later, they cut the program and all ties with the company uh, six months into a two-year deal. I would assume that the KGB and Masada watching the press conference as a training video for future undercover operations. Because either Rory has been fed what to say, or if we're taking him on his word, the program shouldn't have been cut. Either way, we wouldn't talking about this if they won the grand final this year. But I don't, I don't think that that's healthy. If uh, all of this went on, the racial insensi- insensitivity, the lack of respect for players' partners, so I don't know if you heard this, but Eddie Betts's wife was pregnant at the time and they took away his phone and wouldn't let her and him contact through the camp. And if all of this went on with on top of the like clear psychological toil, is it at all good if they continue winning? Like, if they win because of this... But some of the players, some of the players were weren't happy with it. Even if they didn't win the grand final, if they just kept their form up going into this season, um, do you think it would have been a good idea? Because I really don't think so. Like I think it's time the AFL looks past this and treats their treats player welfare better. Like in the wake of the AFL doing so much for mental illness in such a short period of time throughout my time viewing the game. This, this looks like a thorn in in its side. Um, I know it's not the AFL's decision, but it's getting a bit ridiculous that this is still going on. And it's uh, funny that we all laugh at the demons for weaseling their way out of their camp, and they they were fourth last week, and still in the top eight. And I know that it wasn't just about that; it was about the injury list that they have now and their training program. But it's just. It's it's too too far. Like, Their club is a shambles at the moment. Yeah, I they they still the right signed word. Tom Lynch though, so that's yeah. like the silver lining. No, that was good for them. Um, yeah, it was interesting. You went into that press conference with a lot of questions, and you came out with more more questions. questions. Yeah, it's I don't know. Adelaide has always done things a little differently. You saw in the grand final, they didn't mm-hmm. link arms. Yeah, that was so. Part there's of always the been something about minds. them that are they're trying to get the psychological edge yeah. on their opponents. Um, player welfare has to come in at some point, though. However, I don't think anyone knows enough about what happened aside from the people involved yep. to be able to properly comment on it. Um, hopefully, we get more information at some doubt point. It. Yeah, but yeah, like you said. I absolutely doubt it. Um, what a strange situation it was. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely ridiculous. Anyways, um, we're going to move on to my other. Mm-hmm. So I've made um, it... This co- this has been hyped. I'm pumped. I hope you are. Mm-hmm. I've made it pretty obvious that I'm not a fan of the buy rounds. Mm-hmm. The buy rounds. I've got no problem with having a mid-season buy. In fact, I encourage it because players need a rest yeah. week but they should all be done at once. once. I've made that one, just abundantly one week, clear. One week off of football. Yeah. yeah. Well, you put all your events on that weekend. Yeah. I think I did in like round eight or something. Yeah. I can't even remember anymore. Obviously, the best thing to do when you want to make a change, right? Yeah. Is to... I've wrapped in the past. Yeah. Obviously, the best thing to do now is sing. Sing. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guessed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, I could make my own song, I'm but sure. you know when there's just a song there and it almost writes itself? Okay. So, I don't know if you've heard of the song. Have you heard of the song Bye Bye Bye? Nah. 
Uh, you, By who? Uh, NSYNC. It's okay. like yeah. 15 or 20 years ago. You, yeah. you will recognise uh, no, it. I probably will recognise it. It's yeah. uh, It was a pretty popular song. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just did a little remix of that. Okay. And so, you know. I, okay. Yeah, I thought that the best thing to do is obviously to sing. Um, if you have access to internet at the moment, I say get up the bye 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 lyrics and see how little I actually had to change the song. <laughs> the song almost wrote itself. Okay. And so uh, me and uh, our editor had a lot of fun with this. So uh, enjoy. know that I can take no more lacking AFL I wanna see you on the ground baby bye bye round Don't wanna be a fool for you Just another player in your game of footy I may hate you cause it ain't no lie baby bye bye round The answer is quite simple I just wanna tell you that I had enough it isn't crazy and it ain't no life, baby. Bye bye, round. I had to cover my ears up for all of that. <laughs> I just struggled to listen to that. Um, um, I'm, I'm, I searched up the lyrics. Yeah, you changed. You changed very little. Well done. Well done on finding a song that works so perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> so if me singing a song isn't enough of a reason for the AFL to change the bye rounds. <laughs> Then I don't know what it is because uh, we need to say bye can I, can I have to the bye rounds. I'm gonna have to get this under USB and send it to Gillen in the mail. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'll happily have that happen. <laughs> I've loved speechless. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can tell you what. I've now rapped on radio. I've sung on radio. What's next? Uh, slam poetry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. well, Alex has actually already done poetry. He did it earlier in the year. So, think, didn't he write a musical as well once? Oh, he's done a lot of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, oh man, we're gonna have my a special treat for you for the week. So I know the buy rounds have been input. bad, but I thought I may as well uh, make it interesting for you at the end of it. And <laughs> hashtag bye bye rounds. <laughs> Okay. Let's go to dipping, I guess. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, do you, I need to give you a minute? Uh, no, you it's can't. a shame we've gone long. I'd give you a song break to just compose yourself. But we've got nine games this week and Woo. we're going to the Thursday night game. It's Richmond, Sydney. Oh, it's an AFL Dummies exclusive. Yeah, two hosts against each other. Yeah. Obviously, this is going to be really easy to tip. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Because <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm going Richmond. And I'm going Sydney. So. Awesome. I'm not even going to tip a margin because no. I, I don't uh. need the satisfaction of a close margin. I just need Richmond to win. Uh, no, eight points, Gary Rowan, win after the siren. It's going to happen. <laughs> Let's hope not. Memories. Um, Western Bulldogs, Geelong on Friday night. And Eddie had still tipping Geelong. Yep, Geelong are going yep. to win that one comfortably. Uh, Carlton, Port Adelaide at the MCG. Oh, Carlton are going to sandbag this game. But Port are just too good at, at the moment, Port. But I'm not picking the 50-point margin. I think it'll be much closer. Yeah, I don't think away teams play amazingly at yep. the G, so it won't be a smashing, but it'll be comfortably Port Adelaide. Uh, Adelaide, West Coast. Oh, man, this is like the, the battle of the... Super injured players. I'm just like picturing a gladiator fight with lots of. So you're going to say the battle of the annoying birds? <laughs> <laughs> the annoying birds. So yeah. swans. So I think swans are more annoying, in my opinion, and the hawks are more annoying than the eagles. 
Um, Maybe most birds are annoying. But crows are definitely the most annoying of the four. Yeah. Um, this one's tough to pick. Adelaide get the home ground advantage, but they have the weaker team. Um, Both teams need to win this. Yeah. For different reasons. Well, West Coast to maintain top t- to maintain the f- be in the fight for top two. Well, they'll be a- in the top two if they win this because one of Richmond or Sydney are going, going to, lose. to lose. Unless it's a draw. Yeah. Ooh, that's tough. I think I'm going to call it. I think West Coast are going off the wagon. I think I'm going to tip Adelaide this week. Cool. I'm going to go West Coast. Thank you for making my job easy. Yeah. Uh, Gold Coast Collingwood. Ooh, Collingwood. 50 points? Nah, it's away. Cool. I'm going to use my 50-point margin there, Collingwood, to be up 50 mm-hmm. early in the second quarter. It's going to be an annihilation. Mm-hmm. Uh, GWS Hawthorne, what, what a big a game. What a game. The loser is... This is an elimination final. Calling it now. Um, an eight-point game, as they would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's tough. I... Giants without Cameron, I'm calling Hawthorne this week. Giants have played so well the last couple of weeks. I'm going to go Giants. Okay. Um, Melbourne St Kilda in what is quite the opposite of an eight-point game. It's a zero-point zero game. Point game. It's a Melbourne, here's Melbourne, a free win back yeah. to you. This is. I think I'm going to use my 50-point margin here. Yeah, enter the game, 50 points. It's going to be. It's. I think it's going to be ugly. I hope Melbourne come back. From... Well, if it's only fifty points at the end of the game, that's not that bad. Yeah, but if they do win and they do win by a lot, flat track bullies, they're going to be labelled this week. Yeah, um, not even West Coast has that yeah. anymore. Um, next, Essendon North at Etihad Stadium. This becomes a good game now. Yeah, I know. Um, if Essendon do manage to beat North, North are at risk of getting out of the eight, which they were fifth at one point, which is big, and then. On top of that, Essendon, a sneaky, sneaky chance for the finals after being so woeful in the yeah, first half of the I season. I did a segment a few weeks ago about how their season has done. It doesn't matter that they won. Yeah. But, I mean, they just got to keep winning. Um, they're still in a tough position, a few wins outside of the eight. But yeah. if they keep winning, kudos to them, because I think they're going to win this game. Uh, yeah. Essendon are going to win. Okay, I'll tip North, but with no confidence. <laughs> I'm tipping Essendon with absolutely no confidence as well. Uh, Fremantle, Brisbane. Oh, it's Adopters. This is, this could be a huge towering um, it's going to be Frio. Frio to play another yeah, uh, Queensland team at home. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a belter. I think they're going to get absolutely destroyed, Brisbane. Yep. 50 points. Same thing here. Well, I'm glad we all got through the bye rounds. Yeah. Now on to the second half of the season, which should be really interesting. We're looking forward to it because it's mm-hmm. just going to be great. Uh, both of our teams are in the hunt. Yep. Well and truly, uh, Alex's team is not well and truly in the hunt. He's going to be back in a few weeks, Yeah. which will be interesting. So... Get excited for that or don't get excited for that. Up to you. Um, <laughs> if you want to find us, we're on Facebook. Um, I obviously post when, we're, when we post our episodes on iTunes, so you can catch us at either of those. From myself, Chuck. And Creaser. Have a nice day, everyone. Cut that one. I mean, we're not recording yet. This is a warm-up. I'll just record. You never know. I might hit a note.